Chapter Six of Whispering Smith by Frank Spearman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Final Appeal. Sinclair's discharge was a matter of comment for the whole country, from the ranch houses to the ranges. For a time, Sinclair himself refused utterly to believe that McLeod could keep him off the division. His determination to get back led him to carry his appeal to the highest quarters, to Glover and to Bucks himself. But Sinclair, able as he was, had passed the limit of endurance and had long been marked for an accounting. He had been a railroad man to whom the West spelled license, and, while a valuable man, had long been a source of demoralization of the forces of the division in the railroad life clearly defined plans are often too deeply laid to fathom and it was impossible for even so acute a man as sinclair to realize that he was not the victim of an accident but that he must look to his own record for the real explanation of his undoing he was not the only man to suffer in the shake-out that took place under the new superintendent but he seemed the only one unable to realize that bucks patient and long-suffering had put mccloud into the mountain saddle expressly to deal with cases such as his in the west sympathy is quick but not always discerning medicine ben took sinclair's grievance as its own no other man in the service had sinclair's following and within a week petitions were being circulated through the town not asking merely but calling for his reinstatement the sporting element of the community to a man were behind sinclair because he was a sport the range men were with him because his growing ranch on the frenchman made him one of them his own men were with him because he was a far-seeing pirate and divided liberally among the railroad men too he had much sympathy sinclair had always been lavish with presents brides were remembered by sinclair and babies were not forgotten he could sit up all night with a railroad man that had been hurt and he could play poker all night with one who was not afraid of getting hurt in his way he was a division autocrat whose vices were varnished by virtues such as these his hold on the people was so strong that they could not believe the company would not reinstate him in spite of the appointment of his successor, Phil Haley, a mountain boy and the son of an old-time bridge foreman, rumor assigned again and again definite dates for Sinclair's return to work, but the dates never materialized. The bridge machinery of the big division moved on in even rhythm. A final and determined appeal from the deposed autocrat for a hearing at last brought glover and morris blood the general manager to medicine bend for a final conference callahan too was there with his pipe and they talked quietly with sinclair reminded him of how often he had been warned showed him how complete a record they had of his plundering and glover gave to him buck's final word that he could never again work on the mountain division a pride grown monstrous with prestige long undisputed broke under the final blow the big fellow put his face in his hands and burst into tears and the men before him sat confused and uncomfortable at his outburst of feeling it was only for a moment sinclair raised his hand shook his long hair 
and swore an oath against the company and the men that curled the very smoke in callahan's pipe callahan outraged at the insolence sprang to his feet resenting sinclair's fury choking with anger he warned him not to go too far the two were ready to spring at each other's throat when farrell kennedy stepped between them sinclair drunk with rage called for mccloud but he submitted quietly to kennedy's reproof and with a semblance of self-control begged that mccloud be sent for kennedy without complying gradually pushed sinclair out of the room and without seeming officious walked with him down the hall and quite out of the building End of chapter 6